hey, I'm on my way to the hospital, I have a broken back, I'm in a wheelchair, and they're not giving me much hope of ever walking again, and the Lord told me I'm supposed to come by your office and get prayed for, and when I get prayed for, I'm going to get healed, and I'm on my way. I don't even know the guy. I have never prayed for a sick person in my life. So I'm sitting there thinking, no, he's not going to show up. He showed up in a wheelchair. His wife pushes him in. I'm thinking, what do you do? Now, I had heard about anointing people with oil. And as a good mechanic, (laughs) I just happened to have a quart of 10W30 Pennzoil. So this guy's in my office. I have no idea what to do. I have no faith. But I remember I'd been praying that God would give me gifts of miracles and healings. And I thought, why did I pray that? And so the guy's sitting there in his wheelchair. He's in incredible pain. His wife is weeping. I don't know what to do. And I thought, you're supposed to pray the prayer of faith. Right? Come on, do it with me. Say it with me. Faith. Come on, say it with me. Come on, it's all right. Oh, yeah. So I, I worked up all the courage I had, dumped the entire quart of 10W30 on his head. Oil is now flowing all over him, on the carpet and everywhere else. Prayed the prayer of faith. And absolutely nothing happened. But I just sat there and thought, well, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I guess it's time for him to leave. And then he started to scream. He scared me to death. He's screaming at me. I'm thinking, I'm sorry about the oil. He's screaming that his back is on fire. The man got healed and stood up and walked out of my office. Now, I'd like to tell you it's because of my great gift of faith. But it's simply because I was desiring the spiritual gifts. I need that tool. When you go to other nations and there's no medical help available, you need gifts of healings and miracles. And so I need the different gifts. And so I began processing and going through the different gifts. And I just began to have the best time in the Lord learning how to use the tools of the Holy Spirit to help people. So everywhere I go now, I assume that God wants me to give a word to somebody as I'm going through my life. So I sat down on an an airline, an American airline, and flying from Dallas to Orlando. And this absolutely beautiful woman comes and sits next to me. It happens all the time. There's a mocking spirit right here. She sits down and immediately the Lord gives me a word of knowledge, says she tried out for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. She didn't make it. She's going home to commit suicide. So I looked at her and I said, I believe God has a message for you. That really gets people's attention. And she said, what? And it turns out she had known the Lord in her youth and walked away. And I shared that whole thing with her. It was true. She began to weep and weep. And she really, really, I believe God saved her life because of a word of knowledge, something I had no way of knowing. All I was faithful to do was pray for somebody in need. And so it was an amazing moment. I believe the Lord really set her free on that airplane. And so we get to the airport and my wife, I've been gone for like two or three weeks overseas. And so I I go down, get my luggage. Haven't seen my wife in this long. And I'm walking toward my wife to hug my wife. And this woman steps between us, gives me a big hug, kisses me on the cheek and says, thank you. That was a great day. 
That was a great day. Told my wife, yeah. <laughs> so, so the gifts of the Spirit edify people. They build up people. They help people. And so I want every spiritual gift that I can get my hands on. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. Now, now tongues really messed me up. It says that tongues is like one of the least of the gifts. Tongues has caused more division in the body of Christ than anything I've ever heard of. In my Baptist days, we believed that anybody who spoke in tongues was full of the devil. That's what we believed. And so when I, when I really encountered the power of God, I did, not speaking in tongue, I did not start speaking in tongues. I had all this stuff in me. And so I went home, and I'm laying on the couch watching the dolphins lose, which is normal. And I'm laying there, and I fall asleep. While I'm asleep, I have a dream, and I'm speaking in tongues, and I woke up speaking in tongues. I had so much mind control going on with all this stuff that I'd been told. God had to kind of bypass my mind a little bit. And so I've discovered that's just one simple tool. It builds me up. It edifies me. There are a variety of different kinds of tongues. I hope you understand that. There is the tongue in Acts 2 where the tongue is an actual message to the people listening. We were in Guatemala and this guy who lived 45 minutes from us in Orlando. We had never met him. His name is Paul. And Paul is there, and he comes to our conference. We're having a deliverance conference because, believe me, in South America, the demons don't hide like they do in the U.S., and they are in your face. And so we are seeing so many people get set free. And this, this missionary comes. He says, hey, uh, who are you guys? And we tell him. He said, hey, can I come to your conference? He was a Southern Baptist guy. And I said, well, you're welcome to attend, but it might freak you out a little bit. Well, what I didn't know is he'd come out of the occult. And so he understood more of this stuff than I did. But I tell you the story to say to you that in the middle of it all, there was a pastor that was about this tall. I go to Guatemala because down there I am a giant. <laughs> so the pastor is about this tall. He doesn't even speak Spanish. All he speaks is, is Mayan. I'm not Mayan, Pocanchi. Pocanchi. And so he jumps up on a picnic table. Paul's about six foot. He grabs Paul, shakes him by the shoulders, and he shouts in perfect English. He thinks he's speaking in tongues, and he is. Twice he says, the Lord God says we all stopped. He doesn't speak English. And the Lord God says, you must get filled with the Holy Spirit. Laid his hands on him, changed Paul's life forever. God has used Paul all over the nations, sent him to Indonesia. Many Muslims got saved because one little guy this tall had the courage to use a spiritual gift. And so it's amazing what happens. You begin to operate in a supernatural realm. And I got to tell you, I love being involved in supernatural things. I was created to be a supernatural spiritual person. It only happens by the grace of God. It's not because I'm special. It's simply because I did what the scripture said. I desired the different gifts and I began to pursue the different gifts. And so in our neighborhood, there was a lady that I had met, and uh, she was barren. And we had prayed so much for her. And, and her sister lived in Texas. And her sister, I didn't know her sister, never met her Texas, in Texas. I'm in Texas doing a retreat. Her sister's there. I don't know it's her sister. It's just another lady at the retreat. And I prophesied over her about her barrenness. And the Lord told me she'd have two children, she'd have a boy and a girl, and told me their names. 
So later on, I find out this lady from Texas shows up in Orlando, comes to church with her lost sister and her husband who live 10 minutes from our church building. And her sister, because of the testimony of her children, this lady who lived 10 minutes from our church got saved. And so the gifts are most awesomely used in evangelism. They're used in evangelism. I was sitting in one of my favorite restaurants, Sunny's Barbecue, having a nice lunch, reading my Kindle. I look across the room. There's a lady over there by herself. The Lord said, she has been abused by her husband. She has a couple of children, and she doesn't know what she's going to do. She has a dollar and 68 cents in her purse. Go talk to her. So I get up. I go over there. I sit down. I tell her I'm a pastor, and I just want to talk to her. Told her what the Lord said. She gets her purse, pours out her chains purse. She had no bills. She counted out a dollar and 68 cents. That got her attention. She got saved that day. Her husband, we went and got him. He got saved. He went through anger management. Their family to this day is still doing great. Now, what would happen if I ignored that leading, that, that, that thing in me that the Holy Spirit says, step out? Step out. Talk to people. Share with people. Use the gifts of the Holy Spirit to bring people into the kingdom of God. It's amazing what can happen to you. It is so much fun to be involved living a supernatural life. I do not want to be a dead, boring, religious person. I want, I want to experience the kingdom of God. I enjoy the kingdom of God. I think it's awesome. And so the prophetic has been working in my life for a very, very long time. My wife is also a, uh, is also a prophetess. And so we have interesting discussions. I can't get away with anything. One night at 3 a.m., my wife's name is Karen. Karen's poking me in the ribs. Joe, wake up. Wake up. I'm like, what? I'm thinking she wants to have one of those middle-of-the-night talks. Husbands, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so I'm like, what? She said, the Lord says you got sin in your life and you need to wake up and repent. I'm like, who are you, the Holy Spirit? It's so sad because it was true. Much to her joy. And so we have an interesting relationship. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 through 5. One who prophesies speaks to men. Now look what the scripture says for edification. What does it mean to edify? To build up. For exhortation, for consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. And I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets it, that the church might receive edifying. The purpose of the prophetic church in the New Testament is not to walk up to you and tell you all of your sin issues. Does that happen sometimes? Yes, it does. But it's handled in a very private, godly way. It's never done in public. It's done in such a way that it's to edify you and help you, not destroy you. And so when I, think about the, when I think about the prophetic and this weekend as we pray for different ones of you and get different words, you need to know that God wants to console you when you've been through things. God wants to build you up. He wants you to be edified. And the purpose of the gift is to edify the church, not the prophet. 
This ministry is not all about the individual that we call a prophet. It's not his gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing special about the man. What's special is the Holy Spirit in the man. When I hear people advertising themselves as prophet this, prophet that, all these titles, send me your $100 and you can receive a prophetic word about your life. Really? I will do it for $99.95. It's absurd. Prophecy is being sold out there like it's some kind of commodity. That's ridiculous. Prophets are supposed to be people who are under authority. So I would say this to you. Before you judge a prophecy, judge the prophet. Here's what I want to know. I don't want to know about your great gifting. <laughs> I want to know about your character. I want to know if you're under authority. I want to know, <laughs> do you love your wife? How's your household? I want to know the basics. And if you don't pass that test, you are not coming to our church to minister. I don't care how great your gift. We will never promote gifting over character. Character matters, doesn't it? My wife accuses me of being a character frequently. We're supposed to judge prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Let two or three prophets speak. Let the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one must keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that you may learn and all might be exhorted. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace in all the churches and the saints. We believe in divine order. We believe that in every church, the senior pastor of that church gets to establish how the prophetic will work in that congregation. We have people who come to our church who show up, who say they have a gift of prophecy, will be in the middle of worship, and they jump up and they shout really loud, Thus saith the Lord! To which I say, please sit down. We are going to judge the word before it's shared with the congregation. And you go, that's being controlling. You're absolutely right. Because I'm responsible for what goes on in that service. And so Dr. Self has a saying that he uses. He, he says, you know what? The prophet is always, the gift of prophecy, the gift of prophecy is always going to be subject to the pastor. Has to be submitted to the pastor. The pastor is the ultimate authority. And you go, well, what if he's not that prophetic? It doesn't matter. He's still the authority. He still gets to bear witness whether it's a word from the Lord or not. In Guatemala, we have a network of 23, 24 churches. And there was a lady going around to all the different churches, prophesying people from one, all these different churches into her church. Now, do you think that's the word of the Lord? And all these pastors down there who weren't that well trained yet, they were like, oh, she's a prophetess. We can't say anything. She did not enjoy the meeting I had with her. Because it stopped. We have to be people under authority. I am very much under authority. I love authority. I love being under authority. I believe in the authority sandwich. I got people over me. I got people under me. I'm the baloney in the middle. But I like being under authority. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and don't forget to speak in tongues. But all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. Now, guys, 
One of the problems in the New Testament church today is pastors are afraid to allow spiritual gifts to go on in their Sunday morning services. The reason they're afraid is these gifts have been abused. People have done all kinds of things in the name of prophecy. And you know, so many of them aren't God. So many of them aren't under authority. I had a lady last year who come to our church. She came up to me. She said, I have the word of the Lord for this church. I said, really, what is it? She said, give me the microphone and I'll tell you. I said, you're not giving a prophecy to our church unless it goes through me first. She left and never came back. Strangers are not prophesying in our church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, I believe that God speaks primarily five ways. You might want to jot these down. I I found this to be true in, in all the ministries I've been involved with. God speaks primarily how? What? He speaks primarily how? The Bible. If you don't have the scripture in you, little Bible, little prophet. The primary thing that God uses in my life to prophesy into other people's lives is Scripture. It's Scripture. So the more I'm in the Word, the more I have to share and prophesy over people's lives. Okay? So God speaks to the Bible. Another way that God speaks is through spiritual authorities. Doesn't the Scripture teach us to honor authority? And so God speaks to authority. So when I get words, you know what? I have a pastor in my life. His name's Bruce Gunkel. He's in San Antonio, Texas. And Bruce is a retired Air Force colonel, incredible man of God. And when I get what I feel like is the word of the Lord, I'll email it to Pastor Bruce and say, you know what, Bruce, will you test this for me? I want to be under authority. So God speaks through the Bible. He speaks through the Holy Spirit, through all the different gifts God speaks. He speaks through our circumstances. One time, I was talking to a man. His name is Bill Judge. He's an old farmer, good friend of mine. I said, Bill, I really want to go on this mission trip. I was like 23, 24. He's like, well, when's it leaving? I said, next week. He said, well, did God give you the money? And I said, no. He said, well, I guess you're not going. God speaks through our circumstances. He really does, doesn't he? Okay. So understand the different ways that God speaks. But God does speak, doesn't he? Pastor Kevin Baird. We have the Logos word, and we have what is the other word? Rhema. And what is a Rhema word? Uh, that which the Lord spoke. So it's the revealed word. Right. Unveiled word. So when the Holy Spirit takes the written word, and when you get in the Bible, it's the only book in the world that's alive. It is literally, it's alive. And I love the Word of God. I love the Scripture. When I open the Bible and I read the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to to speak to me through the Word, I am amazed at the insight and understanding and revelation I get out of the Scripture. I mean, the Bible literally is alive. And so man man shall proceed out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That rhema word, that revealed word, when the Holy Spirit takes a written word, a logos word, and illuminates it to you, Guess what? That's the most powerful word you'll ever get. It doesn't get any more than that. I have people coming to me all the time. Pastor Joe, I need a word. And I say, great, go have a quiet time. 
Because some churches become infatuated with the prophetic and that's all they do is prophesy over one another nonstop. Can't there be balance? Can't there be order? Can't there be order? So I was praying for words of knowledge. Now, words of knowledge scare me. (laughs) All these gifts scare me, to be honest with you. It takes faith. It really does. It takes faith, doesn't it, Kevin? And so I'm a guest speaker at a church in Texas, and there's like 300 people there. And and, uh, the Lord spoke to me before I went to church. He said, I'm going to give you your first word of knowledge today. I've been praying for words of knowledge for a couple of years. I took out my yellow tablet and said, great, what is it? He said, I'm going to give it to you when you stand up to speak. <sighs> Can't you just give it to me now so I can write it down, make sure I'm comfortable with it? And Isn't that what you'd want? The Lord said, when you stand up, I'm going to give you your first word of knowledge. You're not allowed to open your mouth until I give it to you. So I get introduced, guest speaker. I didn't get to say good morning. I just stand there. You know, after the first couple of minutes, it got rather quiet in there. (laughs) Ten minutes go by. And immediately, I don't have great eyesight. The Lord said, there's a man on the back row. He's got on a blue suit coat. This is his first time in church. He's a construction worker. He's got his arm in a sling. A piece of wood fell off some scaffolding, damaged his shoulder. He's not going to be able to work for six weeks. He doesn't know what he's going to do to take care of his family. His wife's with him, and she's barren. I'm like... (laughs) Do I have to say all of that? What would you do? Don't look at me like that. Oh, you're supposed to do stuff like that. So I said all that, scared to death. And you know what? A guy in the back in a blue coat stood up, took it off, and his arm was in a sling. They came forward during the course of that morning. God healed his shoulder. He got saved. His wife got saved. A year later, the Lord gave me a word about her and children. A year later, I go back. This couple, I've prayed over thousands of people since then. They walk up to me and introduce baby Abigail to me. And let you know, I just wept. Because people need a word from the Lord, don't they? People need healing, don't they? People need faith, hope, and love don't they? And so the gifts of the Spirit aren't to give you some kind of great title that you can go around and declare yourself as the apostolic, prophetic, whatever. It's not about the spiritual pride. Honestly, it's about earnestly desiring the gifts so you can be a servant of God and you can help people. It's about helping people. I've seen so many people get saved because of spiritual gifts. I mean, it's just wonderful. I mean, I just enjoy the Holy Spirit in me. And you know what? Considering the background I came from, where I'm at today is an amazing thing to me. It's it's just amazing to me. So seven times... Over about 15 years, I kept receiving prophetic words to me about going to Indonesia. A, I don't really know where Indonesia is. B, there's 15,000 islands in Indonesia. (laughs) C, I don't really want to travel, fly 30 some odd hours. (laughs) 
So I just put it on a shelf, thought, boy, they really missed it. But when you get them seven times. <laughs> so one day, we're in church in Orlando. We're having a normal service. Church gets over, and I'm walking down the center aisle. There's a lady sitting right over here. I didn't know who she was. I went up to say hi. And as I'm walking toward her, the Lord told me all about her and her husband and their son and all kinds of stuff. So I shared all that with her. She was crying, never got her name, and I went on. A month later, I get an email from this lady in Bali, Indonesia. I'm like, who on earth? You ever get weird emails? Who's emailing me from Bali, Indonesia? <laughs> she said, Pastor Joe, I don't know if you remember me. I was in the service, and of course I remember. And she said, my husband and I run a missions base. Will you come to Indonesia? We, we need the Holy Spirit. So seven years later, <laughs> I get on an airplane and travel 32 hours in the air <laughs> with all the layovers and all that stuff. I get to Bali, Indonesia, and I'll tell you, we experienced that week, Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit got poured out. And I'll tell you my favorite story. This one always makes Ray cry. There was a little girl there. She was 17 or 18. And she, she grew up on an island where her parents died. She had 11 brothers and sisters. Her parents died, and the head man of the island, the guy that ran the island, took her brothers and sisters and made them slaves. He molested her. He abused her. And her and her brother, when they were 10 or 11, decided to escape. They made their own dugout canoe, and they put out in the ocean. They had no idea where they were going. They just knew they had to escape. She ended up on the beach of another island in front of a hut of a missionary couple that just moved into that hut. She and her brother got saved. Amazing story. Now she's becoming a missionary. I don't know any of that. I kept looking at her and said, the Lord has, says you have to go back to your island. She began to weep and weep. She said, I can't go back to my island. I won't go back to my island. And for a week, she struggled and fought with the Lord. And finally, I found out what had happened to her. And we really prayed for her. And she forgave that guy. And we went through all of this stuff. And finally, she came to me one day. And she's only this big, you guys. She's just a little girl. She said, Pastor Joe, I'm going back to my island. And she did. And so when she got there, she got a hut. She went to minister to orphans. Why do you think she wanted to minister to orphans? She was an orphan. So she's ministering to orphans. And she, I get these little texts and emails. She calls me PJ. PJ, got six orphans. Life is good. PJ, no sea head man. Life is better. This goes on and on and on. She ended up 35, 40 orphans, of course, who all got saved, came into the kingdom of God. Some of them are in the mission school now. And then I get the one that was the hardest one. She said, Pastor Joe, the head man of the island saw me. He doesn't know me. I'm okay. The head man of the island died while she was up in the hills. He'd been dead for two days. She came down out of the hills, found out that he had died, and she's going, yes. She's happy, right? Would you be happy, the guy that molested you? Come on. So the Lord says, go pray for him to rise. She said, no way. What would you say? But she had just read about Elijah laying himself over the, over the, over the widow's son. You remember the story in Kings? So she went, all the courage she had, she did what Elijah did, and the head man got up, screaming because he was in hell. And I am telling you, because of this little girl, 
that entire island got saved. And that story has gone through that chain of islands and that whole area. And I'm telling you, the entire chain of islands have gotten saved. And that head man has become the best preacher sharing his testimony you've ever heard. And you know what? They go now as a team. Now, who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought? And so, guys, you know what? I don't know where you are in your lives tonight. And I don't know what your background is. But honestly, don't you want to live a supernatural life? Wouldn't you like, wouldn't you like just to see God do one thing? What gift do you desire? You go, well, I can't just pick a gift. Well, sure you can. He said, earnestly desire all of them. We're talking about the manifestation gifts. Do you want healings? Do you want miracles? Do you want deliverance? What gift do you want? One of my favorite gifts, gift of mercy. Weeping with those who weep. So we're going to just have a little prayer time. Would you just close your eyes? Would you just take a minute? All I wanted to do tonight is get you stirred up a little bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How simple is it? And your Father who is good will not give you something evil. Ask him. Just pray, Lord, would you just fill me fresh with your spirit? Lord, whatever word you want to use, fresh and filling, baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't care. Forget the vernacular. Just say, Lord, I need more of the Holy Spirit. I want to see the gifts of God get stirred up in me. I want to see people get saved. I want to see people get healed. I want to see prophetic things happen. I want words of knowledge. I want the word of wisdom. I want discernment of spirits. Lord, I want the gifts of the Spirit. They're the tools that I need to help people. And Lord, that's why we're here. That's why we're on this planet. Because people matter to God. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you just to come and just fill us. Lord, we all leak. Lord, would you come and would you just begin to fill us up? Now, if you identify with what I'm saying and you genuinely would like just a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit, would you just slip your hand up and put it down? Amen. So, if you raise your hand, would you just stand up where you're at? Just stand up. We just want to pray for you. Okay, so that looks like all y'all. So, <laughs> so what we're going to do is I'm just going to ask you, you know what? I'd like for you just to come and line up across the front. All we're going to do is come along, see if the Lord gives us a word for you. But mostly, we're just going to lay hands on you and just begin to impart the Holy Spirit. Now, we can give that which we have. Paul told Timothy, do not neglect the gift of God, which was bestowed upon you through the laying on of hands. And so we just want to lay hands on you just for a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, how did you receive Christ? By faith. What did you do? You asked Christ to do what he promised to do, to come into your life and save you. 
How do you receive more of the Holy Spirit? By faith. You just believe what the Bible says. What does Ephesians 5.18 say? Don't go out and get drunk. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're going to spend some time praying for you for a fresh and filling. Just come on down. We don't know how long this will go. And uh, Pastor Kevin, the rest of us, are going to pray over you guys. Come on down. Yeah, just stretch down from one end to the other, and we'll, we'll come to you. And even if one prays for you, another one of the pastors may come by. And let's just gather and press in. And if it gets a little messy, that's okay. Absolutely. Come on, just press in and let's just start believing God together. And as you're waiting for someone to come by, it's just an opportunity for you to just say, Lord, just fill me up. Let's pray right now, though, shall we just together to kind of prepare ourselves? And would you just join with me? And let's just declare together this prayer. Say, Dear Lord, I'm an open vessel. I desire more of you. I desire what I saw in the Word. That the gifts of God would be ignited in me to help other people. It's really not about me. It's all about you. I'm just the conduit that you're going to use. So I yield right now. Fill me, Lord, full to overflowing. I'm prepared to be a vessel filled in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And people are going to come by and lay hands. And again, they may have words. They may, have, they may not have a word or another one may come by. But just tarry here for a little bit, okay? And we're going to minister to... And uh, just receive as hands are be begin to lay upon you. Amen? You ready, Joe? All right, let's do it. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just fill right now in Jesus' name. You're at liberty to to stay and, and, and soak and be filled. And we're going to have a lot more opportunities for ministry and uh, prophecy and word. Great teaching tonight, Pastor Joe. It's exactly what I was hoping for. We could get some of the, the basics, the 101 back inside of us. For some, again, it's some things I'm sure you've heard before, but for others it might be the first time and we're just wanting to Rekindle, recover, refire, refresh the things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit. We were born in the fire. We were born in an outpouring. And I want to stay in an outpouring. I want to stay in the fire. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And again, we're going to just uh, allow these last moments of ministry to take place. I'm just reminding everybody, if you can, at 10 o'clock, we're going to teach. I'll be up, and Dr. Dr. Self will be up, Pastor Joe, and uh, we're going to teach a little bit about what you do with your prophetic word. Uh, 
talk about forbidden. I'm going to talk a little bit in the morning about forbidden communication. You know, there's, there's, uh, we were created to be uh, receptors, and uh, there is forbidden communication that God says that you may hear things, but that doesn't mean because you hear these things you should receive these things. And there, there, the Bible's clear about certain forms of forbidden communication. And I want to take just a few moments to talk about that as well. Uh, so we're going to just, it, tomorrow morning is almost like clinic or school a little bit. Don't let that scare you. Uh, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it really in the pocket. But I think it's everything uh, people need to know in these days. How many of you know there's a lot of voices talking to you? And uh, sometimes you don't know what to believe or who to believe. Or how do I handle what I think I'm hearing? So we're going to deal with all of that. And then tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, all right, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, we're going to gather again. Yes, sir? Oh, that's a good, thank you for reminding me. Exactly. Hey, if you got some friends, uh, somebody, again, we're not, we're not dragging anybody from their local church. Our heart is that you could come, get some training maybe, get an outpouring, uh, receive some ministry, and, and we affirm that you need to be back. If that's where God puts you, that's where we want you. So uh, this is for the broader body as well. So if you have some friends or anybody that might be interested, they would be welcome to come as well. And we, I don't know what the pattern will be tomorrow night, but it would probably be something like this. So amen. God is good. All right. How many of you know God's going to use you? He's going to use me. And we are the voice. We're going to be the sound. And he's roaring out of Zion. Amen and amen. So, Lord, seal now the word that has been shared with people. Uh, Lord, uh, we, we didn't have tape recorders, and nor did they in the first century have tape recorders. So we have to count on you, Holy Spirit, to bring to mind and quicken our minds under those things spoken to us by the apostles or the prophets. Lord, quicken us to remembrance. Lord, help us to remember what was said like we were instructed, not what we wanted to hear, what we thought we heard, how we can twist it to make it what we wanted, but Lord, what you said 